Welcome into the Locked On Knicks podcast. I'm Gavin Shaw, and today I'm lucky enough to be joined by the host of the Locked On Pacers podcast, Tony East, to preview the team's upcoming matchup and talk through how the Knicks have gotten to where they are. Why are they so good all of a sudden? We get into it right now on Locked On Knicks. You are Locked On Knicks, your daily New York Knicks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And I think we see Willis coming out. There he comes right now. Hey, what's up, guys? You are Locked On Knicks, your daily New York Knicks podcast, and I'm your host, Gavin Shaw. Um, and I want to thank you for being Locked On Knicks, your first listen today. And every day we are now available on all platforms, and that includes on YouTube. So go throw us a like, go throw us a subscription, if you would. That would that would be super beneficial. Um, but yeah, who's talking to you? I already mentioned my name. I am your favorite Play-by-play broadcasters, favorite play-by-play broadcaster. Typically, I'll be joined by Alex Wolf, editor-in-chief of the Strickland, the greatest Knicks website in the whole wide world. Um, he's off today. So instead, um, I am lucky enough to be hosted by. It, I highly, if, you, if you've never been on a podcast, I highly, highly recommend it. It is fantastic. It is like walking into someone's apartment. They've invited you over for a dinner party and everything is taken care of. They've prepared the questions. They know the chronology or at least the planned chronology of the podcast. They're trying to make you feel comfortable. They're trying to make you laugh. It, it is like getting wined and dined to the greatest extent. So I'm, I'm hosted by uh, Tony East, who is leading the way on this one. The host of Locked on Pacers also covers the team for um, SI Pacers and at a whole bunch of other places, including Forbes. Um, so certainly go check out all of his fantastic work. And uh, without further ado, let's get into it. Um, talking through how the Knicks have gotten so good all of a sudden. And uh, if Tyrese Halliburton, after those Wally Serviak comments, will have some revenge on his mind. All of that right now on Locked on Knicks. It's crossover time. He's Gavin Shaw from Locked On Knicks. I'm Tony East from Locked On Pacers. And the teams play again tonight in New York in the Garden. Always fun to watch games in MSG. Gavin, what odds would you have given me before the season that the January 11th Knicks-Pacers game would be massively critical for playoff positioning and the winner would move into sixth in the standings in the Eastern oh, conference. I, I gotta, I gotta consult our friends at, at, at bet online. I, <laughs> I don't know, like 30, 30 to one, 40, to, it's like somewhere in there. Like, I, I mean, I no, 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 no offense to, to obviously your, your fans listening, but I, I would have said the Pacers were slightly or moderately even more unlikely than the Knicks to be there. But the fact that they're both there is, is very exciting for both. Of them. It is. It is stunning that they are currently the teams battling for sixth, given their, preseason expectations and how things have gone for both franchises this year but the Knicks the spunky Knicks with Wally Zerbiak uh battling for the all-stars over there uh, we, 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 can't, been pretty... we can't take we can't take credit for that on locked on Knicks and... <laughs> hey the Knicks changed their starting five in early December and have been a pretty dang good team ever since I believe six losses in over a month now since third, third in the league in net rating uh with that wow one. Some yeah. of those rotation changes. So, so talk to me about the present day Knicks, the mm-hmm. the last month of basketball we've seen from New York since they said, let's be spunky with these young guards. Yeah, I think uh, Deuce McBride and Quentin Grimes deserve a lot of credit for 
I, I think honestly, just changing the emotional state of, of this next season. Um, they just, they're, they're both bulldogs defensively. There's no other way to describe it. They get in your Jersey for every single second that they're on the court. Um, and Grimes in particular, I, I think just completely changed the complexion of their offense with, with not only his shooting, which, which has been fantastic over 40%, I think something like seven attempts per 36 minutes, he's getting them up, he's hitting them at a high rate, but also uh, leads the NBA in blow by rate um, since he joined the Knicks starting lineup. So he's added um, a little bit of electricity, a little bit of verve that they've needed. And in turn, I mean, I, I, I honestly, we were talking about a little pre-show. I can't, fully explain what happened to Julius Randall, but it, it's almost like, I, I don't know if he discovered therapy, meditation, <laughs> some form of religion, but he is, he, it feels like his brain has been swapped out. He is a completely different um, person on the court and player, a guy who, I mean, we, we I was just referencing last night in, in regards to the Bucks game, sort of 0 for 8 for 3. If he did that um, last season, the first 10 games of this season, you would have seen a guy who's completely disinterested, moping and and just generally bumming everyone out. And instead, he, he played about as well defensively as you could against Giannis. Finished the game with seven offensive rebounds. So when, when, you're, when your best player is, is, is sprinting and, and making those type of extra effort plays time in and time out, I, I think it just revolutionizes what your team can be. Mitchell Robinson has been excellent on defense. It, it just feels like all the stars have aligned, Tony, in the best possible way for the Knicks. Yeah, I don't, like you cover the Knicks. I barely watch them as much as you do. But Randall being engaged and good again has gone such a long way for them, right? Like when they were at their best two years ago, when they were the, the four seed, five seed, what were they in four that seed. hot seed? The four seed, yes. They had home court advantage, but I forget because home court didn't matter that year. Um, Randall being all NBA level was a big reason why. And then him not being that last year, obviously, was a big reason they, they took that step back. So to see him be more of the the bowling ball bully that he was that year he at least to me and when he plays the Pacers he's always like this right like he just runs through people because they have no one tall enough to like get in with him and be physical and him being that level of player has been huge for New York to me and I'm curious for you like what is it consistency is it the engagement like what makes Julius Randle go on this toggle from all-star threatening physical beast to like totally disengaged finesse player it's it's mystifying it felt like some of what happened last season was maybe a tiny bit of an assault to his ego where the 2021 season was just so built for him to have success and that it was so julius centric and there was no ambiguity in what he had to do possession to possession right he was the whole offense it was essentially what lebron was on the Cavs um, earlier in his career just not nearly as successful or spectacular <laughs> but he had the ball every possession he was either shooting or passing and, and in turn getting an assist or, or or making the pass that led to the assist um everything ran through him and then the knicks go out they get kemba walker they get evan fournier rj barrett saying hey i'm ready to take another step and, and there was a little bit of uncertainty introduced. And Julius was like, All right, am, I, am I supposed to pass a little bit more? Like, do I touch here? Do I, do I be aggressive? And as that went badly and as he started shooting worse and as, as Knicks Nation sort of turned on him, and I, I mean, I hesitate to say this, but it does feel like he rested on his laurels a little bit and that he just wasn't in as good shape as he was the season before. Like everything sort of went down the drain and, and it felt like it, it wasn't necessarily any one thing. But as the on-court factors compounded, his attitude got worse and worse and worse. And it, and it just turned into a destructive mess to the point that I, on, on my podcast we talk about, I, I was willing for the Knicks to attach a pick to move off him. And I honestly, like to some extent, I stand by that stance because he was just so utterly destructive to the morale of the team. 
And, and this year, it started off really well. The vibes were good. He was talking about how he watched uh, Euro Cup or whatever whatever they call it now, like this summer, and was like, yeah, you know, they really like to pass the basketball. I'm going to try doing that. He's making quick passes, quick decisions. <laughs> it was great. And then it, it kind of bogged down again, and he, he just really struggled defensively for a while, mostly due to inattentiveness and disinterest. The shot wasn't really falling. And then something flipped with his new lineup. He, he's, he's taking more threes than literally anyone in the NBA over the last month. Um, he's getting to the rim. He's realized he's a complete physical force. And it, it is just completely flipped who he is as a player. And, and honestly, I would say he's playing quite a bit better right now than he did during that 2021 season. Wow. Yeah, he, he's definitely at a high level uh, with the scoring right now. And from the outside, of course, like I always think that if there if there's one guy in a lineup at all times who's like diving for every loose ball and up in your face and screaming and like everybody's going to do it because you don't want to be the guy who's like wasting his effort. Right. So like. You talked about the bulldog mentality of those two young guards in in, um, in Deuce, and I somehow don't have the names in front of me anymore. But either Quentin way, Grimes. yeah, yes, thank you, Quentin Grimes. How that has changed the Knicks, like that in turn changes everybody, right? And on the biggest scale, I always talk about this with the Bucks because, like Giannis, for for a superstar, like he gives a lot of effort, as you just mm. saw Monday night, right? Like if you're the, if you're another player in the Bucks, like <laughs> you have to, you know, if Giannis is doing it, you're doing it, and obviously. With two younger guards, it's a little different. But when when other guys are giving it or are busting their butt, like you have to, you can't you can't relax. And I think yeah. that has been big for the Knicks. But hey, listen, point guard play is very important in the NBA, and the Knicks got a huge huge upgrade at that position this season. Brunson with forty plus on Monday night. I mean, we could talk about internal improvements and lineup changes all we want. How much of their season to season improvement is because? Oh, my God, we have good point guard play now. All right, guys, we'll be back uh, in just a sec to talk about how Jalen Brunson has transformed this Knicks roster. But first, I need to tell you all about prize picks. Tonight on prize picks, I'm taking Jalen Brunson right on cue, over 23 and a half points. I'm taking Emmanuel quickly over four and a half assists, Julius Randle over 12 and a half rebounds. And uh, let's just say Mitchell Robinson over one and a half blocks. He's, he hasn't had a big block game in a while. He is overdue. So how does prize picks work? All you have to do is pick two to six players. And if they score more or less than their prize picks projection, you can win up to 25 times on any entry. And the beauty of it is on all, all these other, uh, let's just say similar sites, you are going up against experts who, who live in their mom's basement and spend, uh, I don't know, their, their whole lives um, trying to win these types of games. Here, you don't have to do that. You just go up against the projections. And the beauty of prize picks is it's not just the NBA. They also have the NFL, MLB, NHL, PGA, WNBA, NASCAR, tennis, men's college basketball, women's college basketball, cricket, and so much more. And what I love about it is entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. So I do it. I, 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 I put a little bit of thought into it, but it's just kind of a fun thing. And, and then I'm done. I'm in and out. I mean, they're currently operational over 30 states and Canada. So download the PrizePix app or go to prizepix.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code LOCKEDON. If you deposit $100, PrizePix will give you $100. If you deposit $50, PrizePix will give you $50. Don't forget to enter promo code LOCKEDON at sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100. Yeah, it's it, it makes a world of difference as it turns out. And I mean, any, anyone who's, who's followed the Knicks for a long time or even even from afar, um, they haven't had point guard play like this uh, since Stefan Marbury um, around wow. 2004 when I was when I was first getting into the NBA. And then there was there was a blip of, of Raymond Felton and 75 uh, year old Jason Kidd, like bringing um, some competency and some stability. But it, this is it, making I mean, me sad. Point, yeah, no, I mean, they've never I mean, they were hopefully they thought they were going to get something like this with Kemba last year. It turns out he was, he was past his last legs 
Um, and and Jalen has made an, an incredible difference, even on nights where he's not shooting well. He draws so much attention that he just makes everyone else's lives so much easier. And I mean, you, you want to talk about another boon for Julius's game. It's, it's weaponized him as, as an off ball um, rim runner. And I mean, even last night, there's a play where Drew Holiday fell asleep and Randall just back cut in. And it, it just it brings a level of activity to the offense and and people like they, they, they can. There's like a certain centrism to having that point guard. And two years ago it was Randall, but honestly, it was it was too much for him, and it was too much responsibility for him. With Brunson, unlike Kemba, actually like capably taking the reins and 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 kind of leaving like all right, there's no like ambiguity over like who should be running the team. It is Jalen Brunson. That's free Julius to do what he does best. That's free R.J. Barrett to do what he does best. That frees Quentin Grimes in, instead of attacking a static defense. There's a defender desperately sprinting out to go get to him. And he's like, all right, I'm going to blow right by you. It just makes everyone else's um, jobs that much easier, Tony. And and on top of that, he is, I don't know, one of the five to 10 most skillful scorers on planet earth. Like I, I outside of Kyrie, like I can't remember a point guard with, with as deep of a bag. I mean, obviously Steph, but it just in terms of his variety, like it, it is, it is pretty unique what, what he can do in terms of how he scores the basketball. Yeah. Lit up the Pacers for 30 less than a month ago. You know, he, he's, the, his mid-ranger just adds so much to his game because then you have a counter for everything, right? They cut you off at the rim and the three-point line, great. I can still score and be capable. And that was a big part of why he was so successful in that win in Indiana. And the whole Knicks starting five was pretty good in that game, if I remember correctly. Look, the Knicks beat the Pacers in the preseason and the regular season, but these teams have been close. I, I think every Pacers-Knicks game for the last six years has been like a five-point game. I, I That's probably not true, but it feels that way. No, I think it's, I think it's like it's... Uh... It's emblematic of the uh, incredible uh, Sabonis uh, Julius Randle rivalry that we've now lost. Like that, that to me, like that's why the game, the, the, the games felt epic, right? But it's like, oh, the two titans of the East going at it once again. Does no one outside of the Knicks or Pacers sphere and know about the the lefty battle that was Randle versus? There's no, Sabonis. there's no, there's no way. Literally, anyone else on Earth cares. At all. <laughs> that's like the least. It's not even a rivalry. It's like the least discussed thing in the NBA that they always would play well against each other. I I will never forget the Sabonis coming out party against the Knicks when he did not miss a shot and had thirty in the Garden. Look, Brutal. the Pacers are talented enough to beat the Knicks, even though they didn't this season. But what 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 type of player? has done well against the Knicks this season. Do the Pacers have one that can do well in this game? Yeah. Oh, interesting question. Um, I mean, this is, this is literally the most generic answer I could give you, but the Knicks have struggled against uh, MVP candidates this year. Uh, Jonathan Macri <laughs> over at Knicks film school, like literally wrote it out, like the 10 guys you could, you could viably consider MVP candidates. And the Knicks were, I think, Oh, and 12 against them. And that continued last night against Giannis in the box. And, and there is, it something to the idea and and this is honestly similar to their weakness two years ago where, where trey young went off against them in the hawk series where they have multiple really really good players but they don't have anyone quite in that tier and down the stretch of games there there is i, I thought last night was actually a little bit better against the on bucks where they got jalen brunson going towards the rim with some quick hitters but generally there's a distinct lack of creativity um, in the Knicks offense. And in turn, they've given up a particularly late in games and they've given up a lot of big leads because Julius Randle tends to shine really bright in the first quarter. I think he's, he, he's still top five in the NBA in, in first quarter points per game had, had, had something like 18 um, two nights ago against Toronto. Um, but he tends to like fade a little bit over the course of games. And, he, and even for Brunson, as good as he is, like sometimes like it's a little bit harder for him to get off his shot in the fourth quarter. And the Knicks just don't have a lot of good options because there isn't 
like a, a baked in offense or a pet set that they can go to, to get an easy shot for someone. And in turn, another team that has a guy that you can throw it to and say, all right, either he's getting a bucket or he's drawing two or three defenders and kicking it out to a wide open three point shooter. Um, those teams just down the stretch of games tend to punish the Knicks. And it's a situation where either the Knicks just barely hold on or they give up a lead in some crushing fashion. Everyone saw the Dallas game. I mean, before that, it was it was four missed free throws against Chicago and DeMar DeRozan hitting big shot after big shot. So I guess I guess the question I throw back at you, Tony, is Tyrese Halliburton that guy? Uh, ironically, their loss against the Knicks was a turning point because mm. he missed that three over Julius Randle late and beat himself up over it. They had lost like three or four clutch games in a row at that point. And since then, they, they fell to 15 and 16. I said on the record, I don't think they get back over 500 this season. <laughs> Whoops, that wasn't right. Um, <laughs> he, after that game, it's all clicked for them. Hmm. And the clutch in Halberton has become the guy that everybody's like, oh, wow. You know, and immediately was clutch and there went in Boston over the Celtics. And then two nights later, 43 in Miami. Like this was all right after the Knicks game. So in a clutch setting, yes, he, he is now that guy more so than he was when they lost to New York, his stats since that loss against the Knicks, uh, 22.7 points per game and 9.2 assists on 50, 45, 91 splits. Pretty wow. good. Um, so yeah. is he that guy like MVP level? No. But is he that guy like all-star level? Yeah, he's an all-star level player. Um, so he's very good. And he can tear up teams, right? 43 against the Heat's defense is really impressive. Like even in that game, he had 50, a double-double against the Knicks. Like I think he'll do well, especially because like he remembers every game he played poorly. And I don't think he played poorly against the Knicks, but the way he acted after missing that three over Randall, a shot that he really wanted, uh, he, he not, I don't know if sulked is the perfect word, but similar to sulked a little bit right after the game. And he never is like that. You know, he's a very upbeat guy. So I think he'll have a little bit of a, chip on his shoulder and every player in the NBA has got the MSG sheen, right? They want to do well in the garden. So yeah. I don't know if he's like the level of player that fits the criteria that, you know, Macri described that you were talking about, but I think he is good enough to, to, to do well against the Knicks. Yeah. He, um, I, I assume after the, the aforementioned Wally Serviak comments, uh, they'll, they'll be, <laughs> uh, yes, that is be, certainly a factor. There'll be a little extra motivation there. And honestly, it's a, it's a great challenge for a Jalen Brunson who, I mean, is just fresh off torching drew holiday a night ago. And, and then drew came back and hit some big shots down the stretch. So there've been, there've been some great point guard battles in MSG. Brunson's kind of the perfect candidate. He's, he's unstoppable offensively. And it's, it's, it's very plausible for you to score on him defensively. So that, that should be a heck of a matchup. I can't believe I didn't even think about the fact that this is the first Knicks game since Wally Zerbiak said that. Like, if yeah. that will actually play into his thinking at all. I, he's, you know, he, it's not like he looked up to Wally Zerbiak as a kid. It's like beating himself up over it. But yeah, I'll be curious how that actually uh, shakes out for Tyrese, who has definitely, he had one point against Miami in a game earlier this season, worst game of his career per him and his, and Buddy Heald. Uh, and he needed 43 against them the next time yeah. they played the Heat. So we'll see how much he carries that. Gavin, I told you about this before we started recording, but something I've been doing when I do these crossovers with other hosts is talking about team building because the Pacers said before the season, we're doing a new long-term approach to team building. This is a new era. And I wanted to get a feel for what every team in the league did really well rebuilding. And if, if, if it's something the Pacers can emulate or if there was a lot of luck involved, like a salary cap spike or an unrepeatable trade sort of situation, uh, now the problem is the Pacers are good. <laughs> and so they might've changed their timeline or moved it forward a little bit, which is understandable given that you already have an all-star on your team. But from your perspective, I'm still curious and going to do this exercise all season because 
The Pacers' best two players are 22 and 20 years old. From your perspective, what did the, the, to getting the Knicks to where they are right now, right? Uh, a threat in the East, a, a playoff threat for two years in a row, had home court advantage in the East two seasons ago. What did the Knicks do well and poorly building their current team? And are the things they did well repeatable by other franchises? All right, guys, we'll be back with Tony one final time to tell you if Tyrese Halliburton has revenge on his mind against the New York Knicks after uh, some comments from a certain Knicks analyst. I won't say more than that. But first, BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there from pro football to college bowl season to basketball and the World Cup. We've got it all at BetOnline.net. If you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info, and that includes the latest NBA odds tonight. The Portland Trailblazers, seven-point favorites over the Orlando Magic. That's a little rich for my blood. I think Orlando keeps it close, so I would I would throw some money down on Orlando in that one. All you have to do is head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online. It's where the game starts, and today's episode is also brought to you by Madison Square Garden. What's up, Knicks Nation? As the new year gets underway, now is the time to start planning your visit to the Mecca of basketball. That's right, MSG. Start your new year strong with Knicks basketball. Some big-time matchups this month. Donovan Mitchell makes his return to the Garden second time as a Cleveland Cavalier. The environment will be electric. And then LeBron James and the Lakers come to town to wrap up the month. I mean, look, LeBron's still incredible. I don't know how many more years of this we are going to get. If you live in New York, if you've never seen LeBron play, even if, you, even if you've seen him play before, we, we were talking about possibly the GOAT here, a guy who's about to be the NBA's all-time leading goal score, point scorer. Excuse me. So get out to MSG and go watch him because it is a unique experience. The energy, the passion, unmatched anywhere else in sports. There's no experience like watching a game at the world's most famous arena. You need to be here to experience top-tier competition of the Mecca of basketball, Madison Square Garden. Get tickets at Knicks.com slash LockedOn today. So I think the, the, the biggest key is signing like quote unquote good, but not great free agents to reasonable contracts, which is uh, Julius Randall and Jalen Brunson. And, and especially free agents that fit that tier that are in their early to mid twenties and, and saying, Hey, in, in a different role, in a different context, there could be some growth here, right? Julius um, came off the Lakers where there was just a million guys and it was, it was always sort of a mess while he was there. Obviously missed his whole first season due to a broken leg. And, and then New Orleans where he was playing with Anthony Davis, which is great, but it's also that's, that's a little bit that. of a, yeah, that's a little bit of a weird fit, right? Like, especially looking back at it now um, and, and that move looked terrible after the first year and then it looked great the second year and then it looked terrible again the third year now it looks great again so who, who knows who knows what year five has to bring well super excited for it the trend is not good but right now it looks really really good tony and then same thing with jalen brunson where there was there was yep. this chirping um uh, probably not from from smarter basketball minds but but certainly from some segment of the internet that said wow the knicks overpaid for jalen brunson lol 100 million dollars for jalen brunson guess what the guy is maybe possibly an all-star this year and would be incredibly deserving of that. Um, I said it before, I'll say it again, uh, just about as, as, as skillful as any guard, maybe maybe not named Kyrie Irving. In the NBA, incredible player. And the Knicks got both, honestly, with the way the salary cap is heading, like especially, and then with the Randall extension on, on relative discounts. Um, so that is that is one for making a quick improvement. And two, just just exceptionally good drafting. Um, I mean, similar to yes. the to the Memphis Grizzlies and just unfortunately not at the same volume just because this front office hasn't been there as well. But Quentin Grimes, 25th pick, Emmanuel Quickly, 25th pick, uh, both, I think, uh, high-level rotation players. I, I would go so far as to call them elite role players obviously with quickly you got to monitor the shooting it, it is really fluctuated but 
Um, since RJ Barrett went out after getting uh, clawed to death nearly by Luka Doncic, uh, quickly has been averaging something like 42 minutes per game or, or, or some, somewhere wow. around there and, and has been really, really, really good. Has kept his turnovers down, has made good decisions, is shooting the ball much better and, and has certainly found himself. While, while Grimes just flat out is going to be in the NBA, I think, for 12 to 14 years. Like, I, like that, that would be a bold bet for anyone. I really don't think it is for Quinn Grimes because he is tailor-made for the modern NBA. Does everything you want outside of being a superstar at the shooting guard position. And those were late picks. Deuce McBride, second round pick Jericho Sims, third to last pick in the draft, uh, potentially their, their backup center the rest of the way if Isaiah Hardenstein uh, keeps not playing super well. So I, I think the combination of those two things, as far as things that they could have done better. Um, I, I think it is, it is self-awareness um, because coming off the 2021 season. There Can was, I insert myself yeah. into something oh, yeah. they should have done no, better? Go ahead, please. Yeah. The, the 2022 draft, they should have done better. Okay. Carry on. <laughs> yeah, that's that's reasonable. Um, yeah, uh, we'll 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 see what happens with those picks. Um, I, I would have would have would have loved uh, would have loved Jalen Duran uh, as as the backup center of Mitchell Robinson. That would have been that, that, the Knicks technically picked him. But uh, <laughs> um, anyways, do you have um, a Knicks hat on in any pictures? I had maybe I don't know I can't remember the the timeline with the trades there but yeah that that one is gonna age uh, and look they didn't really need a center but just as a talent play that one's gonna age poorly but yeah um, I think I think self awareness is is the big thing is after that 2021 season where they, they made the four seed got swept they were sort of like all right let's let's double down on this right let's let's see how good we could be and to be fair they kind of tried to do the same thing this off season and just did it more successfully but that off season it was Evan Fournier it was Derek Rose it was Nerlens Noel it was Alec Burks and like and again none of those signings were bad in a vacuum. The Knicks gave themselves a team option in the final year of all those contracts. So initially we were kind of apoplectic at all those deals. And then we, we looked at them and we're like, all right, like they can get out of this here. They can get out of this here. But essentially none of those deals aged particularly well. I mean, Fournier in particular is, if not an albatross, um, especially because of how short his contract is, um, a guy who will be out of the rotation when everyone on the Knicks are healthy. But to the front office's credit, they didn't like, totally tie themselves down to any of those guys all those contracts have proved to be relatively movable so I, I think overall you have to give the front office a pretty good grade I, I get I guess the final step of that would be like the questioning like all right is is like it's good good enough and and have they left themselves room to have a higher ceiling which Tony I'm, I'm curious what the Pacers perspective on that is because you guys have sort of put yourselves into a similar position where coming into this year you you had the really high ceiling move of all right maybe we get Scoot Henderson Maybe we get Victor Wembanyama, and it feels like the Pacers in in finding uh, Tyrese Halliburton as as a probably longtime All Star, and finding Benedict Matherin as, as as someone who could join him in that category in a couple of years. They're set to be really really good for a long time, um, but that's sort of always been the question in, in in Indiana, right? They're they're never bad. They're they're rarely even mediocre. But will they will they be great? Yeah, I'll get to that in a second. But to, to talk to talk about what the Knicks did well, like yeah. I think they're an underrated drafting team for sure. And mm. like looking back at the game they played against the Pacers last month, seven of the nine guys they had in the rotation, the Knicks picked themselves, right? Like that is super impressive. Like even with the Pacers having a lot of recent draft picks, they didn't pick them themselves. Nee Smith, Halliburton, Jalen Smith, like yeah, they're former lottery picks. Obviously, they're gonna there's a good chance they'll turn out to be useful players, but the Pacers did not specifically draft those guys themselves. That's not that they don't deserve credit for acquiring them, but the Knicks in particular, you know, Barrett, uh, Robinson, Grimes, Quickly, McBride, and Sims all play against the Pacers, right? Like all drafted by the Knicks in recent years. They've done a good job of that. And and that's the biggest takeaway with many of these questions I've asked the people. It's like, hey, if you draft well, uh, it's the easiest way to get good players. Yeah, smart move. <laughs> you have to give up. Should, everyone should do it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, everybody should. Like, like everybody wants to be Memphis, right? Like you, you brought them up specifically. But even the Pacers said this summer, like, we looked at what the Grizzlies did. It's like, okay, they – 
drafted perfect. They've literally drafted perfectly for yeah. like four years, you know, and that that's hard to do uh, and hard to repeat, quite frankly. But if it works, guess what? You're set for a long time because of restricted free agency. Um, yeah, look, the 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 Pacers right now are definitely better than they thought they would be, especially after the way they were talking in the offseason. But you also have a guy and maybe two guys and you probably need a third guy to be like really, really good someday. And that's where I'll be curious how their, their plans change. Because if you are thinking long-term and you thought you would be bad this year, you thought you'd have a chance at a top name, name your number pick seven, eight, six, five, you know, where you're getting your shot at your third guy. Now you don't have that unless something awful happens in the last second half of the season. So, you know, how do you get that guy now? What is, what is the method to do so and is that doing what the Knicks did and finding a way to get one of those I don't know B level B plus level A minus level guys on a good deal is it a, a, a great trade which is something the Pacers front office excels at? I don't know but that is definitely their next step and I think the Knicks do have some repeatable qualities about what they've done well the, the problem for the Pacers is uh, when I ask like Lakers people Clippers people that's people Knicks people it's like you know they 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 look the Knicks can get a star if they want. The Pacers can't. Like it's the NBA. You know, we all know the big difference, and there's a reason that the, the, the there's a different reason that the two teams would prioritize flexibility and cap space. How about that? Yeah, that's that 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 is reasonable. Though the Knicks, <laughs> to be fair, for the last 25 years have tried and, and mostly struck out getting getting genuine already stars in free agency. So it's, it's, that is it's tough for everyone outside of maybe it is LA. Tough. Yeah. Yeah, that is true. I guess they traded for Mello, right? And they yeah. drafted Awig. And so, yeah, yeah, I guess that's true. They haven't. <laughs> well, the yeah, sheen Am- exists. Amari, Amari for like 30 games was honestly, that was, that was pretty much it. <laughs> that doesn't and count. It, I don't it was think... great. No, it was a great 30. One of the highlights of my childhood. It was a great 30. Games. <laughs> oh, gosh. The, 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 okay, I have to include this at the end. This is mostly yeah. for my listeners. Do Knicks fans view the Roy Hibbert block on Carmelo as a turning point in the same way that Pacers fans view it as like an ascension playoff yeah. point? Um, it, it, it forced me to go to therapy. So it was a turning point for me, but um, uh, yeah, no, it was, uh, I don't know if it was a turning point. We, we, Alex and I were, were just, uh, my co-host on Lockdown Knicks, we're, we're literally just talking about this. We're like, all right, they probably wouldn't have beaten the Heat anyways, right? And that was that was the big, yeah. big bad. But the thing is like, you, you kind of need, like it needs to be a little bit fluky for a team without like a ton of star power. Like the model I think was sort of, Toronto in, in, in 2019, um, where Kawhi had to hit that crazy shot just to get out of the second round. And, and he did it. And, um, and then they, they went on and, and it took a bunch of injuries for golden state, but that happens once every five times you get to the finals. And if it's the time that you get there, you could be a franchise, which is one star right. and, and a bunch of other good players and, and kind of push your way through and kick down the door and, and, and win it. And it only, and you do that, you're, you're in the history books forever. So that was kind of the model, I think for that, for that team, that Knicks team, but that whole series was sort of there. Like they were, they were just, they were too old um, was, was kind of the takeaway. But yeah, that, that block was, uh, was certainly if, if I, if I have an image, a negative one seared in my mind from that season, it, it is that block. Yeah. Look, the Pacers pushed the heat to, was that the seven year or the six year? Either way, they did well enough that I think the Knicks yeah. could have done something. I don't know if they could have beat them, but they could have done something, you know, yeah. you never know. Gavin, uh, I guess we're running this on both of our shows. So you don't have to plug where you are to, my listeners necessarily, but where could people follow you and the work you do covering the New York Knicks? 
Yeah, uh, you, if you're watching on YouTube, which you should be, uh, you can you can see right on the screen. It's at Locked On Knicks. Uh, personal personal Twitter uh, re- reloading soon, I promise. Um, but yeah, check me out there. Um, I will also uh, occasionally tweet out. Well, not on that account, but on a future personal account, we'll tweet out links to. I'm also play by play broadcaster, so I'll tweet out links to that. But uh, please go uh, subscribe on YouTube for. Uh, I promise we'll, we'll we'll do like maybe an oral history of uh, of Sabonis versus Randall at some point, just to just entice some Pacers fans to come over. But Tony, uh, thanks so much for having me. This was great of and, and, and in turn uh since since we're putting this up on lock can you tell everyone where they can find all of your work yes of course covering the pacers for many places over at t east nba on twitter where all the links will be in one place including the locked on pacers podcast where you can get daily coverage about the somehow six-seeded indiana pacers halfway through the season i keep saying somehow compared to preseason expectations but they're clearly good. <laughs> they are yeah. clearly a good basketball team. And this game's going to be super fun. And we'll, of course, on our respective shows, be breaking it down on Thursday. So you won't want to miss that. Everybody, thank you so much for listening to Lockdown Knicks and Lockdown Pacers. We will see you soon. All right, guys, that's it with Tony. Thank you so much for tuning in. Um, and then next time, uh, we'll be back with a game recap. Alex will have that for you uh, here on the podcast. But until then, be good. This is Lockdown Knicks. We'll talk to you soon.